Hello and welcome to Brews Brothers with Closer and the Crouch. I am the Closer. Crouch here, reporting for episode number four. And if you haven't listened to this podcast before, this is the podcast where we explore historical beer styles and, well, we drink some beers. We drink plenty of beers. We love drinking beers. Um, we like to kick this off with our socials update. I'm going to pass this over to our socials coordinator. Official Karachi. socials convenia. Con- talk, convenia. Talk, to us, convenia. talk to us about how we're going on socials. Killing it. Killing it. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, all things. Um, I think we briefly touched on this in the last episode. We actually pre-recorded a couple before our launch. So I'm very excited to say we have launched... It's not going to make a lot of sense to our regular listeners because this is a a little bit in the future for you guys. But we've launched. We're doing really well. Um, One of the things that I started in uh, episode two, I believe, uh, that we'll keep going, although it might be a very long time before we get to another one of these, is a little shout out for some milestone followers on our Instagram um, uh, feed, which is Bruise Bros Pod, by the way. Probably should have mentioned that at the start. Check it um, out. Subscribe. Be part of it. Subscribe, follow, engage, all of those things. Um, so we've had our 100th follower. Uh, we've well exceeded that now, but um, a, a little bit of a historical shout out to our 100th follower. I will do this again when we hit 1,000, uh, which might be some time away. <laughs> um, but our 100th follower was a, a chat. At least a couple of weeks. A, maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, although on the exponential rate with which we're going, who knows? Um, Ranga Rowan. I don't know him personally, but... Ranga Rowan, thank you for being our 100th follower. I, uh, I know Rowan personally. Hello, Rowan. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for subscribing. <laughs> Closest good mate, obviously. Um, I, I don't believe you have a business we can plug in the same way we did for our first, but that's okay. You are still special to us as one of our Brews brothers. Um, so keep listening. And for everyone else, hey, who you know, obviously subscribe now. Don't hold out until 999. But yes. Uh, someone one day will get a shout out yeah follow us on Instagram and subscribe to the podcast let's talk about just very quickly before we get into it I want to talk about beer (laughs) we'll get into it we've got things to say Um, so we mentioned Bruce Bros Prod Bruce Bros Pod uh, that's at Instagram. We're also at the same uh, at gmail.com. Um, I just wanted to quickly recap on just a little bit of the interaction and feedback that we've been getting. Yes. Um, you look at me like I'm about to just spurt gibberish. I just feel like you're, you're putting in lies here. <laughs> no, this is actually all true. Okay. okay. Um, and really quick, uh, because it's true, it's going to be less funny. Obviously, that's a side effect of and, the truth. And we love feedback, so be sure to, to write in with your feedback. So just very quickly, I won't dwell on it, but... Um, uh, the surprise snack that we posted on Instagram not that long ago um, was a dried sausage. I've had a personal offer for someone to make us biltong. Yes. Which I thought was pretty special. Yes. Also also one of my friends. Just Was it? It seems like your friends aren't really engaging with this. <laughs> I was going to say I didn't know who it was. I thought it was a random, but okay, it's a friend. This anyway, he's going to make us uh, biltong one day. Yes. Uh, plenty of beer suggestions. Keep them coming in. Um, in particular, people are getting on board our Back in Black campaign. Mm. We're coming into the colder months here in Australia, and uh, dark beer is our favourite. You would have heard that in episode two. Uh, but generally speaking, people are starting to embrace it. There's a whole bunch of dark beer drops that have come out lately. Um, but essentially, all all I'm and we're asking you is drink, ask, and brew dark beer. Do you think we're leading this? Do you think all these breweries wouldn't have done these drops without the Back in Black campaign? I thought about this, and I thought, well, how long does it take to 
source the ingredients, brew the beer, come up with the marketing campaign, make the labels. And I thought, I feel like three days after the campaign launch is a reasonable amount of time. So, they may have already had this plan. Thank you for getting on board the Back and Back campaign, large breweries that have probably not listened to us. It's almost like they do this every year during winter. Um, very, la- very last thing on the socials update is that excitingly, I won't go into detail yet, we'll talk about it in future episodes, but we're already starting to get a couple of offers for on-location records. Yes. Um, so that will be a thing you'll hear from us in the coming uh, episodes. I do love how we were just kind of discussing that happening in a like here where we're doing it. I was putting it out there. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I think it's going to be a thing that happens. We have a great craft beer culture in Brisbane and really good breweries, so it doesn't surprise me that they've come back. And I think they're been all supportive le- of the pod, and they're legends, um, and they're keen to have us. Um, Let's get into some actual beer. Let's talk about some beer. What are, we, what are we talking today? Our bel- our style today is a Belgian tripel or triple. This is interesting because this is... I actually asked you this off air very briefly. Thankfully, we saved it for the pod. Yes. So it's tripel. See, I don't... Do we have to flourish I don't here? know. I say tripel. Research. And, and no one has stopped me so far. I, di- I did research it because I'm used to these questions now. Can you hit us up on Instagram if, if the pronunciation tripel... And you've got to be Belgian or have some Belgian ancestry, At least please. European. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I did look it up. It did just say triple. I love saying tripel. makes it sound so much fancier. Um, but in any event... Uh, so tripel. Why tripel today? Uh, again, I just managed to get three really great styles. <laughs> can, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really gonna throw you off here. But can you have a tripel that's not Belgian, or is this a synonymous style to to Belgian? Well, I mean, like other countries have stopped copied this style. Yeah. Like you know, like in America. Obviously, so. you could have a beer that was brewed in Australia that they call a tripel, but yeah. but it's all of its origins. Is this in Belgium? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, I actually thought it'd be a really good one to do today because like we started with the American parallel, so we're, we're doing the American craft beer culture, which we will talk about more. We then went to England with porters. We then went great to episode, wonderful episode. Uh, we then went to Germany and talked about lagers. Surprisingly good episode. Yeah, really good. Uh, Belgium is one of those other places, those centers of influence in the beer world, and I really wanted to, to get into that. Would you call it? Is that the big four? England, USA, Germany, and Belgium. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking historical beer styles, I wouldn't necessarily even include the US. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I'd say that they're probably... We've hit the big four straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> there's other ones. But anyway, there's a lot of beer styles. You're a little bit outraged by that, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you're just ignoring so many beer styles. That's the Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that was my first thought. I was like, well, what about Pilsner? I mean, we've talked about Pilsner and how important. Anyway, we're going to move forward. Uh, a Belgian tripel or triple... Um, it, not a common beer. So a lot of people have probably. I'm not never sure had if one. I've ever had one. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I probably want to start describing what the beer is before I go into the history of it, just so you, you have an understanding of what it is. So okay. essentially, it's a very, very high alcohol Belgian beer. So we're in for we're going to be drunk today. We're in for a run. Um, right. What are we talking when we say high? Uh, we're sort of talking uh, like ten percentage. <laughs> Big beers. Big beers. Very, very big beers. Um, essentially, um, what, like what a triple is, is they have... Um, is, it, is it triple the alcohol content of a normal beer? Yes, yeah, three times. And you're just, you're rushing ahead on my notes. <sighs> you, you really are. Um, but yeah, it's, it's triple. I mean, so there's a Dubel uh, or double, 
Um, there's a triple, which is a triple, uh, and then there's a quad, quad, quadruple or whatever. Or, a little flourish um, there. I don't know. I threw a lot of Spanish twinders. Um, anyway. He's dialing it up four times. We're dialing it up. So so triple's really quite up there, but it's super high in alcohol. But the idea being is that it's, it doesn't come through in it. It hides it quite well. It's very easy to drink and i guess we'll see whether that's the case with the beers we have so because when i've had high alcohol beers in the past in fact one of the first ever craft beers i had was about 10 12 percent mm. and it was awful it was it was too uh, like the alcohol you could taste alcohol yeah you're saying that's not the case with this stuff. well that's what we're trying not to do right like if you're getting a lot of alcohol flavors it's not necessarily to style in theory tell um, me if we're going to hit this later but is there a way in which they brew it to hide the alcohol like what's what the what are can, can I just can I just please just tell you some things? I, I thought our listeners like organic, free flowing uh, conversation. I, I've got a page of notes and I'm on note three. Okay. All right, come on. <laughs> uh, okay, so high in alcohol, um, usually about thirty to forty bitterness units. So it's pretty high hopping for these old European styles of beers. Um, yeast characteristics. The yeast characteristics are the big thing with the Belgian beers. Um, and so they'll do things to actually accentuate the yeast characteristics. Like they'll under pitch how much yeast they put in there. They'll use super high temperatures. Uh, so they'll put less uh, yeast than the, the sugar, uh, than the yeast really needs. So ye- like yeast needs a certain amount of yeast to consume the sugars. And if you under pitch as in you put less yeast in there, it's, it's overwhelmed by the sugars. And what it does is it throws off ester flavors um, because it's, it's panicking. Um, I mean, right. it's such a weird way to describe yeast, but um, it's, it's I love the idea that its little legs are just like swimming so fast. Yeah, it just can't deal through the sugars, and so it actually throws off some flavor. So they'll do things, or they'll, they'll do it. You know, we I talked, thought that the yeast needed to consume the sugar to create alcohol. That's correct, and, and it will but by under yeasting, aren't they? Aren't they then not producing as the, the high volumes of alcohol? So what happens is yeast uh, replicate. Um, whilst they consume the sugar, what they do is they replicate. And it's, it's more asexual. Of I mean, I don't know the scientific terms behind it, but yeah, they replicate. Um, so what, uh, they will end up with enough yeast, but if you haven't pitched enough, what it does is it's trying to desperately catch up so it can consume the sugars. and, and Just fighting for its life. Fighting for it its basically life. Basically drowns in um, the We also talked about uh, temperatures. And so what they'll do is actually pitch it very high temperatures to create that, that sort of vigorous fermentation high um, you know we talked about this in the past but we're not talking they just leave it out in the brisbane summer high like i mean like well if you look at historical things they you know historical they, they didn't have refrigeration so they would sort of do but they're that. brewing in the belgium summer so that, yeah. so they would be fermenting in maybe low 20 low yeah 20s. the idea being is this is a yeast that sort of is quite um a lot of the flavor comes from it unlike some of the other beer styles we've talked about and you're sort of getting spicy and fruity flavors so like pepper clove aromatic like orangey citrus and sort of a banana flavor sometimes um, i'm interested to try because none of those flavors appeal to me in a, in a beer okay we'll see. yeah which is which is odd considering i've just loved sick on the fact that i like deep dark flavors in my, <laughs> in my normal beers and that's the point of this i guess is to to introduce to people that there are these different styles and instead of i guess just drinking the beer and being like well this isn't good because um, it tastes nothing like an IPA. Um, instead, it's like, well, why? Like, is this like what is the reasoning behind this beer? And is this, is this something I could enjoy as something distinct from up? Like, beer is not one thing. Beer is hundreds of different things under a it's loose umbrella. It's at least four. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the history of it now that I've described the beer. So, um, a Belgian Trappel is brewed largely by monks. Um, yeah, you're, you're across that. Um, I think when we, we had a, um, 
when we discussed this previously, you were quite surprised that monks or religious people were into brewing. Um, monks didn't invent beer. I think you said this a few podcasts ago. That well, you- I, hang on a minute. I did the 4X factory tour about 15 years ago. Yes. And they made it very clear that monks invented brewing uh, and cut put X's at the end of the casks. I actually, I have some thoughts on Forex in these notes because because you brought this story up, I knew it would be a thing. So they didn't invent beer. I actually tried to look up when beer was invented. The earliest known beer was traced back to Israel in the 13th millennium BC. 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 So millennium being, that's, was that 13,000 years? 13,000 years BC. before Christ. And I don't want to start you on your religious chat again, but <laughs> <laughs> quite a long time. You get time. a bit nervous there. It, quite, well, I mean, we, we, I imagine we have a very religious group um, as the, an audience. The, the monks of Belgium, at least, are into it. Yeah, yeah. I imagine they listen to it. So anyway, it was mentioned a very, very long time ago. Um, look, in the 9th century, have you ever heard of Charlemagne, the king of the Franks? No, maybe, but not in any significant way. Anyway, he promoted the... So hang on, we're 9th century AD now. 9th century now. So we're we're in the 800s, I guess. Um, He promoted the development of beer in the Abbey, uh, ordering that each monastery have a brewery for self-sufficiency of the monks. So this is when monks started brewing. They started brewing around... When you say self-sufficiency, is this back to our um, previous episodes when we talked about beer being a really significant part of the diet? Yes. Is that what you mean? As in... Have your little garden out the back to grow some lettuce and herbs and brew beer and then you'll be self-sufficient. No, it was it was more so that they could pay for the, the activities oh, they'd of the sell church. The beer. Yeah, right. sell the beer sort of thing. It was basically saying, look, every every monastery needs to be producing beer so that they can be self-sufficient and they don't have to rely on I the- like the idea of an entrepreneurial bishop. Yeah, well, I mean, he was a king, um, but in any event, you know, there was a lot of crossover. He was sick of funding the church is what you're saying. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> got a lot to get through. We've got to keep going. Okay, so we're, we're in the 9th century. Um, flash forward to the 14th century. This is when we start using hops in beer. Um, Belgium was really the first sort of area that was using hops in beer. Before this, they didn't use hops. Um, and, At all? At all. It wasn't really... They were the hop pioneers. Yeah, they were the hop pioneers. So essentially... Is that what because they, they grow in Belgium? Well, I mean, I'm not entirely sure why they started using it first, but they were known to use it. And this is why Belgium, again, is like, you know, we talked about in Germany, they've got a like a great beer culture because they were so um, like focused on quality by not allowing additional ingredients. The, the purity law, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, the Belgians, like they introduced hops and, you know, they had their own sort of unique things that made what? really quality beer. It's okay if you don't know the answer to this, but yes. so they're, they're brewing beer. They're using the, you know, water, barley, yeast. And then what prompts them to throw these little bud things in there one day? So Why those? Beer traditionally was like spiced. Um, they would add spices to try because a lot of beer was really rubbish, right? right? And so they would try and spice it up, and it was like the time of spices. Is right? there like a preservative thing going in here as well? Yeah, yeah. So, so spice beer is called Groot. Um, right. That's that's what it is. Um, they sort of really discovered that hops have a very intense preservative nature to them, and that sort of brings us back to um, the Porter episode. Oh, sorry, like the the Powell episode and stuff like that, and the IPAs and how they would use hops to preserve them to travel those yeah, big distances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of like they were first coming out of Belgium in the 14th century. Um, 1600s, production of Belgian beer is becoming quite dynamic. It's not just the monks that are brewing beer. Lots of people are brewing beers. Um, 
But it starts to deteriorate in the 1700s. Um, what happens during the 1700s is the French Revolution. Uh, and then also there's the Napoleonic Wars, which sort of occur uh, early 1800s. And this sort of just destroys Belgium. Like, I don't know if you know much about history, but every time there's a war, Belgium just cops it first. Yeah. Um, they're kind of in the worst place. They burn place. everything to the ground. Yeah, they're, they're in the absolute worst place for wars. Um, and the same thing sort of happens in the late 1700s, early 1800s, even though they had this very strong beer history and culture. Um I do, it's it's ironic. I mean, it's not that's the wrong word, but I mean, the idea that Napoleon would be storming through and he'd say, "Well, leave the Belgians alone because they've got a strong beer history." He, we talked about this previously. He's a wine guy. He's like, "Fuck him up." Uh, so Napoleon um, did like certain beers, and I have future episodes where I'll talk Ooh. about some of the beers that his troops like. I like this because I asked the question, and you've gone away and done the research. Because I said, "What was Napoleon's favorite beer?" I like. I have been researching so hard because you're getting me, as particularly for. Can the clothes are closed? Scares the hell out of me. So just trying to trying to cover a bit more. Um, but essentially, I mean, beer's sort of starting to fall apart in Belgium because of all these wars, because of all these things disrupting trade. Um, the monasteries are forced to close their doors and they start to lose this beer tradition, right? And it really doesn't kick off until the early 1900s, which is pretty late in the piece, right? Um, basically, um, like there's a, there's a number, there's a thing called the Belgian Ale Trilogy. And so we're talking the Dubel that we talked about. We're talking about Trapel, which we've got today, and the Quadruple. What about a single? They just said skip the single. So the single is what the monks drink. So Smart. the single is very light. The monks drink it. They consume they just it. They smash as, it all day. Yeah, they consume it as part of their their you know daily processes or whatever. And so what they're doing is they're producing beer to sell. Um, the stronger the beer, the more money they tend to get for things. So they're dialing up the. the they alcohol. didn't have to worry about the tax man. Well, I mean, tax man's always been an issue, but that's that's we'll put that to the side for the moment, right? Um, basically, um, this, these are sort of generating out of what what is like modern day Belgium, but really what what they described as the Low Countries. So, like, it was capturing parts of France and Germany. So you're getting like French culture here, Germany German culture, like it's all starting to cross over in the Dubel, Tripel, Quadrupel. Yeah, well, in this style of brewing, right? So I like, like that we can just say the start of the word normally, and then we say Pell, and then it feels like we're saying it in the yeah, right yeah. I like I'm sure there's Belgian people listening to this being like, oh. Oh my god they are but again belgian bruce brothers and sisters again you know what we're gonna do is just ruin all cultures equally so you know it just seems appropriate um but anyway a, a triple uh, or tripel uses a triple amount of grain but that's what it is it makes it stronger right um same volume of everything else just three times the grain yes yeah essentially like uh, the monks sort of they stumbled across how they like to make beer and instead of them saying i'm going to make various styles they just go Let's make it stronger, <laughs> which kind of makes sense. Uh, especially, definitely, like the way they thought about, I guess, brewing back in the day. Now, there is a pinnacle of this style, and it's the uh, West West Mal or West Mali Triple. Um, that is held out as the is the OG, the OG, the OG of beer. Um, of oh, beer. Well, of this type of beer, right? right? Um, oh, be cool. Dubel was kind of the first one they brewed. They brewed in the mid eighteen hundreds. That sorry, what was the name? What was the OG beer again? The the double. The what was the name though? What, what do you mean? Oh, West Ma- West Marley. Well, West, West, West Marley. Marley. And that is a double. Um, well, or they was that a brewery? the triple. They were the first to sort of do the triple, and I right. will talk about that's that. a monastery, West Marley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. All yes. these are monasteries. Right, like we're yes. talking about different monasteries, sort of thing. Um, the Dubel was brewed first. Was sort of brewed in the mid eighteen hundreds. Um, have you ever heard of Michael Jackson, the beer historian? No. 
I've heard of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, the beer historian, is incredibly famous in the beer world. Um, basically, he was one of the first people... Has he written a book? Yeah, he's written many Have books. Have you read it? I haven't read it actually. It's so You're not that famous, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so in the like eighties, he how's um, he compared to Jamil? Uh, well, he's he's kind of the OG. He's the OG Jamil. Uh, flashback to Jeez. episode. I Take don't that, Zayna Chef. Um, <laughs> Zayna Chef, but whatever. <laughs> um, I don't think he would try and compare it. Michael Jackson died, unfortunately, um, but well, he we basically all, we all know that. He basically bought out, like, he described... Like, Did he, he ever hold his child out of a window? <laughs> it's unclear. He's a booze hound, so it's possible he did some, <laughs> he did some questionable things. Um, but he sort of traveled the world and introduced people to beer. Like, he, like, he's really held out as this guy that introduced people to the fact that lager wasn't just beer, um, that there actually is beer styles and that there's these historical beer styles and sort of drove this, this motion of trying to do different beer styles. Anyway, um, beer historian, um, he sort of pegged that the first golden strong pale ale, which is what this is, um, was brewed by Hendrik Verlinden of the Dry Linden Brewing in the early 1930s. So this is when it started coming 1930s? Back. Yeah, this is this 1900s. So the Napoleon killed it in yes. the... 1700s yeah in the in the early 1800s was napoleon late 1700s was the french revolution and then we go uh 150 years yes. until it comes back until it really comes back right um and so the first person but to brew monks it, wrote the recipes down obviously yeah well i mean it was it was sort of passed down it's like this is how we produce it right and so there was this this brewery that produced in the 1930s and they called it uh Whitcut putter and then equals trappist beer and trappist is the name of the the monk order right that's what you call monks in belgium yeah Bel well monks belgium. that are part of this particular order are called trappists trappist monks yeah so this is trappist beer this is the way it's yeah. described um, but anyway, he wasn't a monk. He, he owned a brewery, but he had an affiliation with these monks. So he was able to produce this beer, right? Can you, is it, this is like a champagne thing. Can you not call your beer Trappist unless it's brewed by monks in Belgium? Mate, we're, we're jumping ahead to this. It's, right. it's going to happen. So you got to remember in the early 1900s, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? Like there's wars going on. No one gives, <laughs> no one cares what's happening. They didn't care about IP law back then. Uh, IP law wasn't necessarily a big issue. Um, I love the idea that you take out a patent for something. And then Napoleon comes rolling around and you're like, buddy, I got my paint. You can't just take it off. <laughs> Napoleon, wind it down, mate. Um, anyway, it, you got to, like, we talked about the idea that in the early 1800s, this is when pale beer started to. Yes. To evolve. They vapored in the special thing. Yes, using Coke. To, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, essentially the Pilsner is taking off from the Czech Republic. It's becoming the beer of choice. And every country is trying Hellies. to. Um, yeah, so so Helles was um, the Germans' response to the Pilsner. So the predate that, that that's predates the the uh, Trippel. Yes, comeback. yeah, and so the Trippel is essentially um, the Belgians' way of trying to respond to the Pilsner. They're going, how do we make a because Trippel is a pale beer. Um, how do we make a pale beer that's going to be appealing? Put their own little spin on it, and this is kind of what are the comes other from. Belgian beers the double. And the others, are they not pale beers? Uh, no, um, but we will talk about that in future episodes. Okay. I don't want to give too much away, right? All right. Um, is, are any of them black? 
that I can add to my black back in black campaign. I mean, they're dark, Ooh, um, but exciting. black. It depends on what. Anyway, sorry. Let's move forward. Um, okay, okay. So they're trying to respond to it. They produce this Trappist beer. Um, he had an association with West Marley um, and assisted them with brewing, so he could actually describe it as as like a Trappist beer, even though he wasn't really part of it. Um, he was a pretender. He was a pretender, and they started producing it themselves in 1934, and they called it Super Beer. Um, and this was really the leader of this beer. This is when this beer started. So it's a 1934 beer. What a crap name, considering the history and the culture that they had to draw upon. Super beer. I mean, yes, yeah. it was strong. It's really strong. Right. And beer spelled B-I-E-R, which is, I mean, that's a little, bit, a little bit cool, right? Um, is that not just how they spell beer in Belgium? Yeah, it's just how they spell beer in, in Belgium. But, um, or French or German. I don't know. Anyway, uh, 1956, um, West Marley renames this. Um, they called a triple and they adjust the recipe and pretty much what they do is add a bit more hops. And so pre-1956, are these beers called Trippel or is Trippel only as a name invented in No, so it was, it was the name was changed in, in 1956. So it was called a super beer 1934 onwards. Uh, it was a slightly different style, like it was right. slightly different. And then 1956, they adjust it. Um, the head brewer is named Brother Thomas. Again, I'm just trying to show off how much research I've done here. Um, he locks in the recipe and since 1956, this recipe has remained stable. So West Marley Trippel... Yes. You, you drink one, presuming it's fresh, we don't deal with light strike and all those other issues. You drink one you, now, you're drinking the same beer like someone that. drank in That's 1956. Cool. That's cool. Um, and I actually, like, I went on their website and looked at, like, it looks beautiful. And, I, like, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can go. No, you can't go there. They don't. Uh, you can't visit. So what you can, uh, because it's like a working monastery and there's monks in there just reflecting and whatnot, you can't go in there and sort of see the place. But you can go. Can you imagine the idea of this? So it's a working monastery. Obviously, there's a few brewing beers out the back drinking their singles and not getting smashed. Bucks parties just, getting on. <laughs> Bucks parties coming through just getting hammered. Um, I think that could work. But they did have a solution for people who were interested. You can go across the road to where they've got a small bar where you can watch a video. This is like going to the Forex tour, though. All right, boring's that. But anyway, I was quite disappointed by that. Um, okay, so the concept of monks marking their beer with X's relates to this. So three X's is a triple. Ah. That's where that comes from. Do you know how outrageously offensive it is then that when I did the Forex tour, which I realize now I have a lot of promotion for, for Forex yes. on, this, on this, unintended by the way. But when I did the tour, they I don't know if they always have this or if they just had it at the time, but they had this special brew, 3X. 3X Sparkling Ale. That was their first beer. Right. But they were trying to claim that it was brewed in the style of, of the, the history of this. There is no way it was a triple. It was just another shitty lager with an with a with an so, less egg. So, it was a little bit darker. Well, so sparkling ale. It's not a lager. It's an ale, mm. um, and it's a unique Australian style. Australia has one style that's in the like the guidelines as a unique Australian style, and that's a sparkling ale. And the only one who brews that now is a Cooper's. Yes, Cooper's sparkling the ale. red. Yeah. Um, Forex Brewing originally had this three X sparkling ale, and in 1893 they perfected the recipe, and they added the extra X. That's where that came from. They, why did they change? Uh, well, they were trying to show that it's like a stock, like it's yeah, it's right. it's an increase in the quality or whatever. But they added an extra X and made it a lager. Well, eventually it drifted into a lager. But I actually want to do an episode on. We'll do Australian beers. A, the Australian beers. So we'll try Forex. We'll try a sparkling out. So right, I've got right. this. I've got this on my list. Which Back is to the exciting. triple. All right. So let's talk about Trappist Brewing. Um, you talked about IP law. Don't know why, but let's. <laughs> 
Let's cover that anyway. If anyone um, hasn't done uh, first year IP law at university, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. You're all lawyers, right? Uh, anyway, so to use the Trappist label, it must be brewed under the care and supervision of Trappist monks. Um, so in order to protect the name, they originally- Have they got like a monk- hit squad that comes and, and enforces that so they like your da vinci code guy who's whacking his back they did it in the past um they had a hit squad <laughs> the ss of monks <laughs> uh, they, okay so they didn't necessarily protect the name in the past i don't know if they've ever had an official hit squad i was able to uh, like not find any information on the, the yeah. trappist let hit us squad. know at bruise bros pod if you uh, have more information um but they did take legal action in 1962 this was their first legal action against another the name trappist yeah another brewery that tried to use trappist so they, they it are... is a bit sneaky isn't it if you've got a wife and kids and you live a life of debauchery <laughs> and you don't ever meditate in peace and then you just slap trappist on it for, for financial gains yes yeah i mean beer history is full of people trying to take shortcuts and and make money quickly right so um much like some breweries we mentioned but anyway um <laughs> wow that's <laughs> Uh, anyway, 1997, um, basically Belgian... Uh, so the Trappist breweries get together, right? So six Belgian Trappists, one Dutch Trappist, one German Trappist come together um, and they form the International Trappist Association. They create a logo, they put it like authentic Trappist on authentic Trappist products and they set up rules around it. Um, the rules are that it must be brewed in the monastery. In Belgium? No, so there are ones in... in, in um, Dutch, the Netherlands, um, Deutschland. No, that's Germany as well. Uh, one in Germany, and there's there's subsequently others. So there's one in the US. There's one like, and I'll talk about that in a but, second. But again, brewed in monasteries in those countries. It's got to be brewed in the monastery. It's got to be that the brewing is secondary to the monastery, so it can't be that they're just like. <laughs> Imagine this, this idea about that you, the beer. you set up a massive commercial brewery, you know, Budweiser scale, and then you've got a few monks in the background who go, well, it's Trappist. It's Trappist. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I, like, that's kind of what's happening, to be honest. Like, they, like the fact that we're yeah. getting these beers in Australia is not indicating that it's not like six monks getting together producing the beer. But th- there are rules around it. It does. But you said Trappist. So you can call it beer Trappel. An Aussie brewer, a local brewery could, could brew a Trappel. Yes. So you just can't call it a Trappist They don't call it a Trappist beer. What they do is they call it an Abbey Ale. That's that's sort of the like uh, name we've all settled on. That's like not the protected term, but sparkling it's sparkling like, wine. Same thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so anyway, um, must be brewed in the monastery. Brewing is secondary to the monastery. It's not a profit-making exercise. It purely covers expenses and the rest is donated. Okay. Um, I mean... Donated to who? And I don't how know. Is the, I don't don't know. Donated just, to the fat cat leaders of the monastery? There, there are 11... <laughs> <laughs> there are 11 recognized Trappist breweries. So there's seven in Belgium, two in the Netherlands, one in Austria, and one in the United States. Um, which is like the fact that there's one in the United States is actually really quite interesting. It's relatively new. Um, I mean, like everything American, I'm assuming the American one you can take tours of on your Bucks party. You can what? Like the Americans, they big up everything. They, they commercialize everything. I'm assuming that although you can't tour the Belgian Trappist. Maybe I can get it on the American one. Yeah. That's a good idea. I might look that up. Uh, okay, so Trappists are called the Order of Cistercians of the Strict Observance. And they follow the rule of St. Benedine. So, Benedictine. So, so we're Christian, obviously. It's a saint. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know nothing about this. Like, I, I've ca- we won't get too much into religion here, but are they Catholics? Are they, are they follow the Pope? 
Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't really know, to be honest. So, well, let's talk about West Marlow Brewing, because I do have a sense of, uh, I guess, where they came from and why they sort of do it. So um, they're called the Abbey of Our Lady of the Holy Heart of West Marley. Don't know why that happened. Um, founded in 1794, they were granted abbey status in 1836. Um, basically, they were like monks fleeing the French Revolution. So French Revolution is late 1700s, yep. and they're fleeing it. They're sort of passing through Have there. you seen that guillotine? I'd be running as fast as I could as well. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and obviously, you know, once the, the French Revolution is the idea of getting rid of the monarchy and then Napoleon installing himself as the leader and then the wars that subsequently take place as they try to take over the world, right? Um, I like now that people can know for sure they listen to our podcast and they actually learn just about history. So much about history. So yeah. much. You don't even really need to know about beer anymore. Um, <laughs> beer, like these sorts of beers that they're producing, um, like this beer is first appearing in West Marley in 1930. We talked about when they're doing it, but it's being copied all throughout Belgium. They also make cheese. Um, that's the thing they do. And then the monks are no longer in charge of the brewing, which is like a little bit... A little bit sad. But they, I thought they had to be that for a trapper to be trapped. O- they're overseeing it. Uh, that's their, yeah, the, that's the fat their cats. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, it's it's kind of like a nice nod that it's like this beer was produced by monks and was being you know produced. Now it's produced by PhD scientists Pretty with much, a monk yeah. who sits in an office. Uh, anyway, so let's just talk just really briefly about brewing a Trapel, how it came to be, and then we'll just we'll start drinking some beer, yeah? Uh, we need to drink these. Yeah. and um, Particularly because they're 10%, so the longer we put them off, the faster we'll have to smash them. Pretty much. And I'm drinking other beer as we're doing this, so I'm just I'm getting increasingly drunk, but that's good. Um, okay, so the yeast is really, really important in this. You can use like a Trappist-style yeast or a Belgian-style yeast. There's a couple of like different... Does this differ? We've talked previously, not necessarily on this podcast, but just in general, about yep. farmhouse beers how yeah. does a farmhouse beer compared to a trappist so beer? a farmhouse beer is kind of a different part of belgium and right. we will talk about the beers they produce there so but a much distinct style to a trappel uh so they're they're very similar in that the, like they're yeast driven like the yeast like you get very similar styles in a certain area like belgium but then you have these micro interests in like micro areas so it's like the monks are producing this style of beer the farmers are producing this style of beer and nowhere is that probably more pronounced than in germany we've got a number of episodes you know we talked about hellas lager being a munich thing um you know as we go north and south throughout that country there's very highly specialized beers in certain areas right Uh, it's like the guinness effect if you went back in those era you went to munich you all beers were of this style you went to berlin all beers were of this style you went to hamburg all beers were of this style yes Yes, um, and which just is absolutely fascinating. It's like how different they can be in such a small area. But and, you and if you like were a beer enthusiast back then and had the ways and means to travel, unlike now, you go to a, you know we go to a a, a, um, a pub and there's ten taps and every one of them's a different style. The idea that you had to get on your horse and cart and go for days to try something other than a Hellas Lager. Yes, I mean cities were largely about one beer. That's how they came to be, but they were all different as you traveled through the cities. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, brewed using soft water. Um, the so- soft water? Yeah, so it's got not got a lot of... Is there a hard water? Yeah, so hard water has like a lot of... Um, what do you describe them as? Like gypsum and like the little additives all right, that comes from it. It's like very soft water... Um, Has it been treated then to be to become soft water? Well, most uh, like most modern breweries will treat their water to match 
the style, right? But historically, Belgium has this soft water. So that it didn't it just sort of comes off waterfalls like a pillow. And Well, you know, like um, we talked about in England, it's like they have um, a lot of gypsum and so they have quite hard water. And so that creates a certain style that bodes well with really hoppy beers or sort of thing. But for this, it's like it suits soft water. A lot of like the water you had in that area really dictated the type of beers made. they would produce. So that's really quite relevant. Um, they topped it up with sugar. So they used pills in a malt, but what they would do is use sugar to really drive that out. We call it crystal malt. Crystal malt. Did we get that? Light? Oh yeah, yeah, that's correct. Um, not not what's happening here. So what they would do is they like. Um, basically what happens is when yeast consumes sugar what it does is it turns it into alcohol but then there will be residual sugars and how much residual sugar there would be there is is based on the type of malt or sugars you're using right um, adding just pure sort of cane style sugar very little residual taste you just get pure alcohol out of it and no no real residual just, sugars left. just rocket fuel just rocket fuel and in fact what they would do is they, they produce this thing called candy sugar um, but what they it, they could see it's inverted sugar syrup. And what they do is they simmer it with acid to break down the sugars and it makes it even easier for the yeast to digest and there's not actually any sort of residual sugar taste left. Um, so they under-yeast it. The poor little yeast are swimming for their lives, but the ones that are in there are just... Are just dealing with this like <laughs> intense sugar that... Yeah. But has been refined to a point that they can digest it very quickly. So it's kind of like a but by know, good, good cop, it, bad cop. Well, you will talk, remember we talked about in the lager episode, they digest the yeast really slowly and that float, that throws off yes, less, less esters and flavors, right? Because it's slowly consuming it. Whereas this fast, vicious fermentation is creating... God, I'm getting so excited. <laughs> I just like looking at you, looking back at me, and like, oh my god, I'm really into this. Someone's interested. Um, anyway, our hopping is noble hops, so Sars, Tetnang, Spalt, um, Styrian, Goldings, those sorts of things. You're not getting the galaxy in these bad boys. No, Australian uh, hops from the 2000s is not <laughs> is not making it interesting. interesting. Making its way in the early 1900s in Belgium. Um, they don't use pellets, they use flowers for hops. Um, have we ever talked about the difference between flowers and pellets? I assume that pellets are just refi refined hops in yes. some way. Yes, yeah. So, so they're just throwing the just the raw Yeah, so when you, when you pluck the hops, historically, they'll just be like the flowers. It looks sort of almost cannabisy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, there's like a, a strong correlation between, like, there's uh, like from a. Um, what, what am I looking for? Biological, yeah, like yeah, a, like you're um, saying that the hops and cannabis aren't that far apart. Yeah, they're very, they're very alike. Yeah, right. yeah they're they're from the same g family gen genome. Gen I don't know. Anyway, Let's go with that. Words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so they don't, you know, they're, they're a historical thing. The that hops have some kind of. Um, um, also struggling with words, uh, you know, drug-inducing effect in, in some ways. I mean, it's yeah, an alcohol. Yeah, yeah, and, like, it does create, uh, like, arguably, like, th there's other uses for hops that have been used that are sort of like... Can a, you smoke them? I don't think you can smoke them. But, <laughs> uh, maybe we could try it. I don't know. I'm not up for trying. <laughs> anyway, uh, flowers, um, usually about 8 to 10% alcohol and highly carbonated, so very sparkling. Like, that's what they're trying to aim Okay, for. burps. Um, I looked up the preferred glassware so I'm like this is going to be a question you ask it's a goblet so there okay. you go okay um, and you also talked about uh, different Belgian styles that are available so there's like wild owls lambic lambic saisons that's how you say that saison saison um, and we're going to cover them in future ones um, well but, don't be giving away too many secrets but um, well I mean they're, they're known styles right we're like we're going to explore every style people are like yeah I know that exists um 
Should we drink some beer? Let's drink some beer. Let's drink some I'm beer. not saying that wasn't good, but it was long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, I thought that that was really interesting. There was a lot of history there. Um, and good luck trying to catch me out in uh, Can the Closer Clothes. Um, anyway, let's drink some beer. See you in a tick. All right, cheers. One, it comes in a uh, shroud of secrecy, as is becoming convention. Uh, yeah, it's important, as is an audio format, to explain what's happening. But each time I bring in a beer, I try to cover it up just so I can catch the excitement and glee in Crouchy's eyes. So, quick, uh, quick description. Um, I feel like we've changed the cloth. The ceremonial <laughs> beer cloth has changed. I need to buy some brown paper bags. I'm just like, mis- like looking around for anything that I can put around <laughs> these beers, but. Um, it's a bottle. I, I can tell that based on the shape of the cloth. Uh, Should I just pull it out? I it mean, doesn't look huge. It's boring to explain. Well, um, I think people okay, will so enjoy it. We've got beer number one. We've got a. What's the OG? The OG, the West Marley Trappist Triple, 9.5%. 9.5%. Yeah, this is going to be a boozy episode, my friend. We're at, um, we're at but 330 mil, though, so it's sparing on the. On the Volume. Shout out to Beer Cartel that was quite helpful in getting some of these beers uh, delivered. Um, had like one beer that wasn't available, emailed me straight away, said, This is what's happening. What do you want to do? You can wait till Thursday. Yep, no problem. Emailed me again on Thursday. We've sent it out. They were very great. So, uh, Beer Cartel for your, all your unusual beer needs. Yeah, exactly. So, let's uh, let's go. So this it. beer was brewed in Belgium. Yes, yes. Um, by monks. By monks. <laughs> overseen by monks. <laughs> there was one fat monk in an office, but it counts. <laughs> Who signed a form, but uh, yeah, it's an authentic Trappist product. As you can see, they've got the stamp on there. Do we have a brew date? Um, so we've got two dates on here. Um, 25 August 2020. So that would be the brew date. Okay. Um, fresh. Good one. Yeah, it's pretty fresh. Um, with these beers, because they're higher in alcohol, they actually probably age better. It's actually best to kind of keep them for a few years. Um, but here we are. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ooh. It sounded good. It did sound good. It did sound good. It's funny. I think you can almost hear the higher alcohol content in it. It had a, <laughs> had a, dull, a slightly duller... Well, it was meant to have high carbonation, so let's let's see. It is heady. It is, it is heady. Very there heady. we go. There we go. Um, describe to me the the color as uh, as I'm pouring. So it's I mean it's golden as as we've got, but it's lighter than I probably had expected. It, it is a light beer. Yes. Um, in color wise. Yes. Um, there are there's a little bit of sediment through it. I don't know if that's part of the style. Like it, it, you've just topped me up, and it's actually the in the top up. I don't know if you can see that is actually producing like a cloud as it as it descends. Yeah, so it's bottle conditioned rather uh, than yeah, yeah, using yeah. things. So that's really important part of the style, and that it creates this like additional. All triples are body, bottle bottle conditioned. Not all of them, but, but this one the is original ones were. Yeah, and so this one in particular, they they do not keg the beer because they can't bottle condition in a keg. You cannot get this beer on tap. You 
it cannot is get the spirit attack. Only. It's only in bottles. Um, it contains six different hops. I have no idea what they are, but it does apparently contain six different hops. If and you could see the the head to beer ratio of these glasses, you would understand the carbonation factor. Closer's beer is more head than beer at the moment. Yeah, and and to because it's like bringing in those French influences. This is a champagne influence. That's what they're trying yeah, to achieve yeah, with yeah. this. Like it's a champagne getting, beer. Yeah, you're getting this, this crossover of that. So. Um, yeah, why don't you why don't you have a, a sip of it? I've just I... had a quick smell. I'm not getting peppery, spicy. Um, would that normally come out in the in the the, the, the smell? I, so I think peppery, spicy. Um, I'm getting that, but I associate those beer tastes with that description rather than it necessarily tasting like pepper or spice. But now you've had a taste. Do you think that there's a pepper and spice? I, I would never have said it unprompted, yes. but it has a it has a bite. I wonder whether or not that's just the alcohol, though. I feel like this is like it tastes alcoholic, not in a bad way. Do you, do you get a near ten percent of alcohol though? Because I don't. I, I like think that this tastes actually really quite smooth. I mean, it's smooth. It's not. It's not alcohol. Like I'm not. Don't feel like I'm drinking straight spirits. Yes. Um, but there's a warmth. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good. We talked about this in a previous episode. There's definitely a warmth in yes. that. In that it, I've only had one sip. And also, obviously, the pre-drinking. <laughs> but I already feel quite good. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily... Like, alcohol can come across as very sharp. No, it it's not sharp. It's not sharp yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. It hides it quite well. You smooth, could drink a lot of these. Smooth but strong. Yes. The only thing I would say about drinking a lot of is, like, these days, sessional beers, you know, by their nature, aren't super alcoholic. And they have a... To use a word I've used a few times before, it's like that, that's a viscosity thing. They almost have like a, a thinness to them. Yes. Whereas this has got a, it's 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 heavier bodied. Yes. It's kind that, of. I think that's a really good description. That that thinness that you get from that sharp alcohol taste. Because what happens is right if you have high alcohol and these yeasts are going, they throw off these like sharp esters. Like that's the the flavor from the yeast. But this Belgian yeast is so good at consuming this and has been you know like used to this sort of brewing for so long that it actually creates quite flavorful beer i know that yeast families and colonies are not really you know uh, beings that have thoughts and everything but i yes. really like the idea that you, as you say they've got used to it i like the idea that centuries and, and millennia have passed and they've passed on their their traits over time which they have i suppose in reality yes but I, I like to personify it yes. in the idea that the father sits the son down and says, we're good at this, son. <laughs> we're good at consuming uh, sugars in a way that creates smooth alcohol. Not like those tarts in the, <laughs> in the lager industry. Yeah. I mean, like the yeast over like... You know, decades gets used to consuming the ingredients of that area. So certain areas have certain sort of flavors they do or whatever, or certain, you know, like they like high alcohol, so they'll do high alcohol a lot and the yeast will adapt to that over time. Um, it, I mean, this is, it's, it's really, really tasty. I would probably challenge you on that. I could drink a lot of these. I mean, I, I could, but I, I think you would feel it so quickly. If I gave this to you, right, and I was just like, oh, this is just like a spicy pale ale. Um, yeah. Would right. you notice that it has ten no, percent, or would not. you just be like, "Oh, that's a bit of an interesting taste, but it's but pretty tasty." I suppose what I mean, and, and again, it's maybe just that I had a little bit of a head of steam, is that I think I'd have two of these, yes, and be pissed, yes, and then I'd be like, 
So I mean, that, in that how context, are you going to feel when we have three of them? <laughs> <laughs> Very pissed. Um, pass me the bottle. Yes. You talk about uh, whatever it is you talk about, and I will just uh, see if there's any marketing spiel to read. Well, I honestly I couldn't get a ton of information from the website or anything like this. Like obviously there's the the history of this beer, and so that was interesting and unique. But largely since the fifties, I mean they've just been pumping them out. <laughs> Do we think, so you mentioned before, right? Same recipe, perfected it. Yes. The, what we're tasting today, which brewed in Belgium, you know, shipped here, probably unlikely but via cold storage. Do you think that this is what it would taste like if we were to drink it on, you know, that the shitty pub across the road watching the video? Yeah, I think it would be very close. Wow. Um, and the reason being, and again, I guess what we're trying to get across with this is like the different styles and how you need to approach them. You know, a pale ale or an IPA or something like that, you need to drink it fresh, whereas these sorts of beers travel so incredibly well. So although it's light, so we've talked about this because we talked about dark beers travel well, yes. but it's not necessarily a color thing. Oh, color can help because so dark- this is this is paleness wise is yes. pretty pale. Yeah, but I mean, it's not it's not. Yeah, know, but to describe the bottle, for example, so the bottle is um, a darker, you know, like a, a brown, brown bottle. bottle. Sort it's of also thing. heavy. Yeah, it's which heavy. makes me think that it's actually like the it's thicker glass than would would normally be. Like it's I don't know if you felt that, but yes, it, I'm I'm just holding the empty bottle right now, you- and it is almost twice maybe not quite one and a half yes. times away so the reason it's heavy right is because it's so highly carbonated and so they uh, want to make it, it bigger, so it doesn't explode yeah right yeah. especially because they're bottle conditioning right? yes yes so my I, I briefly touched on this on episode one but my one foray into home brewing when i put the little cap uh, capsule things in and then yes you know sealed it myself with yep. the bottle thing I think half of them exploded. Really? But I, I think it was. I think the. I don't know if the fermentation temperatures were too high. Every, every, I did everything wrong. It also tasted like ass. Yes. But a lot of them exploded in my mum's laundry. The so the reason they explode right is they're under fermented. You haven't waited for the fermentation mm. to finalize, and so when you've added that sugar, they didn't just have that small amount of sugar to consume. It was still consuming the rest of the sugars. So there was a ton of CO two, right? Yeah. Um, so you know this whole myth of like I've never had a bottle explode. Um, There's a significant difference between you and I in the brewing. Yeah, oh, right. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll own that. I'm uh, funnier. You're better at brewing. <laughs> um, but overall, I mean, this is great. It's I'm delicious. Uh, I was looking for the marketing spiel. Sadly, I can't read. Do they speak French in Belgium? French or, G- or German? Any, uh, I think don't they like they drift between French and German I depending can, on where they are. It doesn't matter because I can't speak either. Um, <laughs> what a surprise! Turns out I only know one language. <laughs> I can count to ten in several languages. Although, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, you are quite good with languages. I'll give you that. Um, but if there is marketing spiel, which there may well be, because there's a lot of words, um, I don't know what it says. Other than the only thing I can understand is that it says. 8 to 14 degrees Celsius, which I can only assume is referring to the temperature you're meant to consume it at. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit of a, on the warmer side, which makes sense. They probably store it at the cellar. They don't refrigerate it. They just yes. pour it off tap. I like beers cold, so here we are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> what they say is 8, I feel like in our climate needs to be 4. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to rate it? You go first, only because I always go first and sometimes feel a little humiliated in the, in the fact that my ratings are off, off, quite a bit off. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to rate this to style. Like, again, we're talking about not necessarily that this is meant to be my favorite beer. I'm not rating it. You know, 10 is my favorite beer. One is my worst beer. It's like how much I think this meets what I understand. And I think we'll try and do this more and more going forward. I'm particularly poor at this because I I like just beers of a particular taste and I'll rate that way. But I think we should. And let's just give me a quick... You've got... 15 seconds, what are the flavors that I should be looking for that I should rate to? Okay, so the first thing is that you're getting that alcohol, like you're feeling the alcohol, but it's not a sharp or astringent taste. You know, you're enjoying it, you'd want to keep drinking it. You're I feel not... like if you slapped me right now, I couldn't feel it. So yeah. I guess it's working. Now, the second thing is there's there's a, a slight amount of hot bitterness, but not necessarily like a ton, right? Like for for historical Belgian styles, it's, it's a lot. Um, but it's a little bit of hot bitterness to it and you're getting a bit of hot flavour. Yeah, I, it, compared to your sort of hot rocket modern beers, it, it's way maltier. Like it's sweeter than it is that punch in the face. Yeah, yeah, but there is an underlying hop. Now really what the flavour is you're getting there is that yeast flavour. That yeast flavour is flowing up, throwing up flavours of that. Like the florals. Yeah, the, well the florals is more the hops, but the yeast is like the peppery, the yeast the is the... Um, I'm not necessarily getting any banana flavor. I, I am actually. I think. Yeah, okay. I think I think it's that there's a sweetness to it, and maybe it's the sweetness combined with the smoothness that is giving just just the hint. Yes. Um, so an interesting thing, like if you never get if you're not getting these flavors, I find, and this is going to sound really crude, but um, if you burp the flavor into your, like if you burp into your mouth, you'll you'll taste those flavors a little bit more. Did you get any? Okay. Um, Tasted a little bit bile, but... Anyway, the yeast flavor is spot on, you know, like you're getting that sort of... It's tasty. Yeah. It's tasty. Um, Overall, I'm going to rate this a nine. Straight into it. I mean, it is the original. Yeah, I mean, it's the original. In theory, it's a ten, right? Because it is the style. This is it. They invented Trapel. Yes, and and to me this is and again, and this is what I love about having a couple of beers after this because it might be the case that I look back on this and reflect on this and go, oh, what was I thinking? Um, but I just I'm loving this. I think this is amazing. It's super tasty. Go beer cartel, thank you. <laughs> the fact that it's like it's pretty fresh and has been. I know you said that freshness isn't that important with this, but yeah. But it does help. Like it I love the idea that we're drinking a beer that was built, brewed on the other side of the world and yes. was not brewed three years ago. Yeah, when, when I say freshness too, like um, if it was kept dark and cold for three years, it gets better. If it's kept in a hot <laughs> container in the sun, it doesn't yeah. get better. You know, like... <laughs> um, ah, now I regret going second because you've set such a high bar. Uh, only because I think this is my first ever Trapel. I'm not sure I can give it a nine because yes. I just don't have the basis of comparison. Yes. I'm going to land at an eight. It is, it's super tasty. It's good. It's, it's, I would drink more if you, only you could buy them in other places than online. I, uh, I brewed this style. Like I brewed an example of this style and this is infinitely better than the one I brewed. <laughs> Thank God we found Beer Cartel, who are not our sponsors, by the way. <laughs> but and we, we don't have to rely on La Folly. But we are open to sponsorship if they want to get in touch. All right, cool. All right, do you want to move on to beer number two? Let's do it. Awesome. Are you excited for surprise snack? I'm this... so excited for a surprise snack. I, I find high alcohol beers tend to make me <laughs> make me want to eat. <laughs> what do you so got? So we've for? had a few beers. We just had a nine percenter. 
Where are the beers that we uh, are drinking? Where are they from this week? Uh, I, so is in our like background beers? No, 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 no. The the um, triples. Where? What country are they from? Oh, Bel- Belgium. Belgium. And what is the capital of Belgium? Brussels. Brussels. Yes. Any synonymous food you can think of with Brussels? Um, like Brussels sprouts. Sprouts. I am now presenting to closer with a silver cloche over the top. Yes. No, this is actually no silver cloche, but anyway, we, we've we've we're, we're pretending here. Yes. A plate of Brussels sprouts. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you like Brussels sprouts? I I, I mean I don't mind Brussels sprouts. They're, they're pretty good. Now describe the plate of Brussels sprouts in front of you. Okay, so there's more to this than Brussels sprouts. I can see that you have cooked them. I should say sorry that you wow, slightly egged me on in the first episode where you said you know, cook for me, basically. It was quite, it was quite, a, quite a regal request. Yes. Um, and the surprise snacks to date have been purchased, but this is the first um, prepared uh, surprise snack. Yes. I just prepared it in your kitchen. Yeah, okay. So I am looking at a cooked Brussels sprout. I dare say you've cooked it in like... Sautéed in butter. Okay, yes. Butter and garlic. Yep. Um, I am looking at uh, pieces of bacon on top. Candied bacon on top. Ah, as in like the candy, as in the uh, candied sugar. Well, I mean, yes, you could think of it that deeply, but yes. Well, the, the inverted sugar from the I, from the beer we discussed. It's it's as luck would have it. There's some parallel there, but yes. Um, okay, so yeah, I can see sugary bacon uh, and also a little toothpick for me to consume. Yes, I mean it's COVID time, so we need to have um, you know safe safe can, food can practices. Can go I, for it. Yeah. Go for it. Do you, do you want to tell me about the like why you thought about this while I consume? Yes. What so so it's a pretty simple um, uh, story, really. Brussels is the capital of Belgium. <laughs> Uh, but also, I love Brussels sprouts, and I think they get a really hard knock. I think most people who've had Brussels sprouts have had them horribly boiled, um, maybe by a, a, a grandma who, who who just didn't quite know what to do with them. But if you sauté them in I, butter... I my Brussels sprouts, but yeah, go on. If you sauté them in butter and cover them with candied bacon, <laughs> they typically taste better. They're acceptable, yes. What would you think? What you, good, bad, um, indifferent... I love this. This is great. Is it? Is it? Are you just saying that because I prepared food for you? Um, I reckon I'm going to count this as your number one. I reckon this is better than the cheese and bacon chips. <laughs> the cheese and bacon chips are great, and the kiwis. Again, I really have to emphasize. You guys have got it, got it dialed down. But this is great. I'm really enjoying this. So, how do you think it pairs with the triple? Um, like it's the reason you've connected. Like, is this like a traditional Belgian snack? Yeah. Or so as you okay. know, as you know, my uh, research extends to uh, food pairings with insert beer style here, and um, there was a lot of things, but you know, blah. And then one of the lists I got to said sprouts. I'm not sure specifically why. I think obviously the sprout has a kind of an organic taste, a bit of a bitter taste, depending on how it's cooked. Um, it look a bit like hops. They do look like hops, actually. I hadn't considered that. Not only did I nail the candied malt or whatever we were, candied sugars, but I've prepared to us little So, so this particular snack, and we will get on the beer in a second, this particular snack is a your-style snack. It isn't necessarily like a traditional Belgian. You just like eating candied sugar on top of your Brussels sprouts. I 100% made this up, yeah. No, nothing that I said said put bacon with it, but i prepared Brussels sprouts like this in the past where you sort of saute them, a um, bit of garlic and then some little bacon maybe a little bit of chili there's no chili on these ones but 
Um, it just makes food taste better. This is delicious. This is great. Good one. As an added benefit, it's not incredibly crunchy, so we'll continue to consume without completely off-putting our listeners. It's quite filling to the mouth, though. Like you, you, you could, I think it's obvious for eating, but anyway... I mean, I prepared a huge plate, so if you don't eat them all, I'll be devastated. You guys can just accept this because I'm eating this whole. Plate. There'll be photos, as there always is, and you guys can judge the what you think of the candied bacon Brussels sprouts. Okay, all right. So beer two, beer two. All right. So the first beer we had was the gold standard, uh, was the West Marley Trappel. They're the ones that originated this beer in the in the fifties. Um, the second beer I have, I'm going to reveal it again. I'm pulling it out of my. Um, I mean, it's a tea towel. It's not really that exciting, but um, this is the second beer. So, if you what want, an interesting bottle to yeah, start with. What, like, how would you describe? It looks a bit like a VB. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably not what they were going for. Well, maybe VB was going for this. If that okay. makes sense. Yeah, so, yeah, I see um, that. I see that. So it's a it's a Chimay uh, Tripel again or triple. <sighs> I'm excited. We two beers, both brewed in Belgium, presumably at least under the uh, the Supervision guise of, of us. Um, so this is another um, like another Trappist monastery. It, the monastery is called the Abbey of Our Lady of Scormont. It has this seal, authentic Trappist product. Always make sure you're looking for the seal. Uh, founded in 1850. First beer was in 1862. Um, so they're a little bit newer than West Marley. Um, the monks from this one were from um, West Velarton. I can't really pronounce that. Um, which is another monastery that's actually really, really famous. Um, that, like that one, uh, that monastery produces a beer which is described as the greatest beer on earth. Um, and it's by who? Well, by beer commentators. I really? think on, like rate beer or something. It's got the like, greatest beer. It's on got earth. like a hundred. And rating. it's a triple. Um, and it's yeah. Well, no, it's like a. I don't know what it is. Like, it's, it's like a, a Belgian beer. Though. It's a Belgian yeah, yeah. beer. Um, and, and essentially, like, um, it can sell on eBay for, like, $800 and things like that. Like, it's really... It's one of those ones that comes in, like, a fancy, like, looks like a champagne bottle, I imagine. Yeah, it's very, very fancy. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's crack this bad boy. So, so do we actually get... So, it's a Chimay... Chimay tripe, uh, triple. Chimay triple. Yes. Percentage? Uh, percentage is it's going to be a big boy eight uh, percent so less than volume less, volume three thirty mils. So I think this is a European thing we're ending into three thirty mil bottles. Yeah, I think because they're so high in alcohol too, right? There is actually a, a spill on here, and what I'll do is I'll um, I'll oh, crack. What? Sorry. Oh God, I cracked the beer without cracked putting it in front of the, the microphone. It was underwhelming for you, but it wasn't so much here. Um, again, what's a spill? Oh, like the, the, the like uh, description on the back. Ah, there. spiel. Spiel, yes. yes, yeah. Got a little um, kiwi there in your in your accent. Yeah, well, I'm you know, it's it's darker, I think. Yeah, it is a bit. Darker, I think it's darker. It? It's it's highly carbonated. Again. It's hot. It's it's heady as again. Yeah, and the second pour is always usually a bit more carbonated. So, yeah, I feel like your glass is um, maybe. <sighs> Three quarters beer to one quarter, no, even more so. And <laughs> so, so it's mine a, is just a glass of head. There is a lot of head there, but it, you can see that it's climbing, so it's going to be okay. We're, we're going to be all right. Let's just pop those two beers quickly together, and we'll take a photo just for the for the the socials, just to demonstrate the inequality in the, in the <laughs> You'll notice on the first one, I actually took the one with the greater head. Yeah, I, thought that, was, I thought that was as a kind host. Um, That's how it was going to go. In any event, I'm going to have another one of these bacon things. Um, okay, so it is darker. I'm definitely it's, picking up the darkness, like a. A full shade darker 
And talk to me about this. Oh, I'm, I'm realizing that you can't see the same light I can, but there's like a, um, it, as it settles, there's like a, um, se- a, a, a sediment that's not immediately sinking to the ground. It's kind of like a, a it, it's being held in the liquid sediment. Okay. So it's like, it looks cloudy almost. Is that, are you seeing that? Yeah, well, bottle fermented beer is very cloudy. Like that is a thing. So, right. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, a bit like a hazy beer, right? Um, I'm just, I'm eating these bacon because they're so good. Um, smell similar, I think. Um, okay. I'm getting, is it similar, it's hard. Does head provide more or less smell? More. More, so yes. I should be getting more aromatics. Yeah, it's bringing it out. And then that's the whole point, it's meant to bring it out. Um, so they have a well within this brewery and they draw the water from this within the well. So it's got a very unique water style. Soft water? Um, soft water again is that's a thing. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, First World War, their copper kettles were seized for weaponry, and again in the Second World War, they had their they made big guns out of them or something. Yeah, yeah. Or so they, they melted down, or they just they used... melted it down and turned it into to weaponry or whatever. Like the Belgians, just they don't do well in the uh, in the wars. They 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 really copped it. Um, you know, I don't know if you know about like the the way the Germans attacked um, France. You know, they went through Belgium. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so. Um, it's tough for them. They're, they're kind of in a bit of a poor spot. Um, they first started brewing again in the 1950s. They had a very unique yeast strain. Um, it's very unique to them. Um, the Trappel was introduced in 1966. Um, they sell it in kegs. So they're the only Trappist brewery that actually sell it in kegs. So that means they don't bottle ferment all beers. No, no, they actually do do kegs. Um, and supposedly uh, this beer creates aromas of dried grapes and apple compote. Apple compote. Does that mean um, like like um, boiled down apple, right? Like the. What do you think? I mean, it. it, I'm struggling to pick the difference between this and the first, which is not a bad thing. Yes. It just it's very similar, and I still am getting more of that banana-y sort of like a sweeter like I. I mean, I suppose apple compote is quite sweet, but I get. It's hard to just like a banana has almost a caramelized sweetness to it whereas an apple is more of an acidic sweetness yes and i think that is i'm getting that more it, it's probably the alcohol it's the warmth and when combined with the sweetness that gives me toffee banana i think sometimes too when you describe a flavor to somebody you start to taste that like so it's hard to really distinguish what it is um this is great this it's, is a, it's tasty this is a beautiful tasting beer um i can't see necessarily a date here like i can see april 2023 so maybe that's a it'd be best before i imagine. yeah yeah and maybe their their, their thing is two years because it's high in alcohol um can, can i quickly read the spiel yeah go for, go the, for spiel the spiel is in english i'm we, gonna eat i'm gonna eat more of these bacon things whilst <laughs> you go on the spiel because i've clearly got some time now <laughs> read slowly um before I read the spiel, actually, one thing that's interesting is this: that I'm this beer strikes me as a beer that they they are um, more commonly making for the export market. The fact that they've invested in an English label to start with, yeah, um, and that actually worries me a little bit that the other one might be a little more authentic, and that this one is starting to you know become the corona of triples. Yes. Um, but anyway, in, in any event, the, the, the spiel says, uh, largely, a lot of this we've already heard today, but uh, the registered trademark Trappist certified that this ale was brewed within the walls of an existing Trappist monastery under the control of the Trappist community. I like that they, they, they use the word community there because they're, they're not saying monks anymore. Yeah, okay. This is it's a like broader the monks have thing. approved someone yeah, else. Yeah, you know, they've indoctrinated them into the ways. 
A major part of the sales revenue is used by the monks to support their charitable works, a.k.a. fat cats. <laughs> Since 1862, Chim- Chimay's second fermented ales have neither been pasteurized nor filtered and only natural ingredients are used to fully appreciate the agreeable combination of fresh hops and yeast of the Chimay Triple, served slightly chilled in a mouth... W- in a wide mouth glass, so you so your goblet and then it has certain ingredients. The one question I have for you in this is they, they use the term secondary fermented. What does that mean? So secondary fermentation is the bottle conditioning. Right. Yeah, so that's like in the bottle it's actually fermenting. So there these flavors that derive from that. Is it gaining alcohol con- yep. concentration? Yeah, it's like so a they small have to, they have to have a, When they say 8%, it, when they put it in this, it's not that. They have to have a stab at what it's going yeah, to they, be. Yeah, they reflect what it's going to go on. And will to. it continue to grow in alcohol as it ages? No. No, once it's consumed the sugar, it, it stops out of that alcohol. So there's not necessarily going to be any addition. So they can say with very precise precision based on what they put in there and then the sugars they put in for bottle conditioning, what its end alcohol product will be. Pretty much, yeah. Um, A lot of, um, so not in this one, for example, but a lot of breweries, what they do, because they really need to nail the alcohol um, because otherwise they have labeling issues or whatever. So what they'll do is they'll actually overbrew slightly and then they'll water down the beer to hit the perfect alcohol limit. Right. That's a common thing. But it's tough to do with a bottle fermented beer. Yeah. The bottle fermentation adds very little in the way of alcohol and they've probably just dialed in how much alcohol they're producing. Um, there may be more to this. I, I don't know. I've never professionally brewed and I'm never too worried about sort of a little pick in alcohol. So uh, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm always swayed by marketing. The other thing that slightly worries me about the bottle and the label is that they have um, in some ways dumbed down or, or um, yeah, I suppose dumbed down the, the, the history of the tripel as we like to call it. <laughs> yeah, which could and, be wrong, but... And they have... Um, Go trans- to your local brewery and say, I'd like a tripel And if anyone questions you, <laughs> you tell them, we told you, this is how it's said. Oh, I mean, the Brews Bros are becoming a, a name in the Bru- Brisbane brewing community, so I'm sure that will go down. Um, but anyway, they have translated it into the um, more common English um, uh, spelling of triple, T-R-I-P-L-E, mm-hmm. and uh, that really grinds my gears. It seems unnecessary. It, I mean, who thinks tripel is anything but triple? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I think based on that alone, you will be scoring poorly, Chimay. <laughs> um, what would you rate this beer? You can score first because I went on the last yeah. one. I went hard. You did go hard. It's it's not as good for me. It, it, wow. It, that And I'll leave aside all my jokes about the marketing and the, and the labels and all that sort of stuff. Right from the very first smell and sip. Although very, very similar, I think I said indistinguishable as I've had a few more sips. It's just not quite as good, Okay. Um, but it's still super good. Can you describe why you think it's not as good? Like, is there a particular reason apart from they, they bothered you with their labeling? Uh, I like the, he's having another sip now just to, to really cement in what is going to be a very thoughtful and uh, <laughs> very interesting uh, response. It's not as full bodied. Okay. Would you agree with that? So for, we talked about in the first one that I, I, maybe it was the fact that I was... It could have been just purely that I was surprised by it in yes. the first time. But the first time it was like it had that really strong, heavy mouthfeel. Yes. And I've had the first one, which was my first ever triple pop, pop my triple cherry. Yes. And I, I'm left just feeling this one's just... It's good. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But it's just not quite as good. I... I'm, I'm gonna before you respond. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your original question. Seven point five. 
What was your eight? So it's it's up there. It's just I'm just I can't in good conscience score this better than the first. I think I would agree with you. I like it's hard to really pick what it is about this that makes it not as good. Um, and it could be the case that we've had a second beer now, and so like our our palates have adapted to this. And this is a very common thing when you drink beer. It's like your pal- you know, we all know this. We go out for craft beers. We have three. We're like, oh, this is so interesting. And by the fourth, you you just drink a beer. Like that's that's what's happening. And then by the tenth, you're in pain the next day. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily getting like there is a little bit less to this, isn't there? And I, I can't really peg what it is. Um, and it may be the case that we're like, oh, West Marley is the, the pinnacle of this style and this is slightly different, but I think I'm getting ye- less yeast flavor. I was going to say, so I had another sip then. It has, it still has those same flavors, whether we're going to call them peppery and spicy or whatever, but definitely it has that. It's more muted. But, it, but they're there. Like you sip and you go, I'm unmistakably drinking a Belgian beer here. Mm. And and I would, if you said to me, you know, is this contrasted with the Heller's Lager of last last um, week, which still very much had those European flavours. Yes, there's no doubt this is in that in the triple um, um, family. Yes, maybe it is. Maybe it's just that they're just they're just they're all you know about five to ten percent less, which has caused me to, to rate them slightly less. So, so they use a unique yeast. Um, they don't use the same yeast as West right. Miley. So it's possible that it is one that just sort of has a little bit less flavor on it. We may not have noticed if we hadn't tasted these beers side by side. Um, but yeah, I think I too am going to rate this at 8.5. I feel like taking 0.5 off makes sense. Um, Overall, great beer. No, oh, yeah. not getting any alcohol. Like it's not hot. It's not. Um, no, it doesn't hurt. Doesn't doesn't sting the throat on the way down. It. Um, yeah, it's it's tasty. It's probably unfair. But I mean, don't translate your label. <laughs> Get some monks involved. Jesus. Community. <laughs> I'm probably part of the Trappist community. <laughs> um, okay, cool. All right. Well, let's. Uh, what do you reckon? We'll move on to the third and final beer. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. excited just to give everyone keep everyone in the loop this time closer has walked in with a more of a hessian bag <laughs> we've upgraded from the tea towel and when he put it down on the table it had some weight behind it. <laughs> <laughs> so either he's just brought in a whole bunch of um uh just distraction weight or we have got about four liters of beer coming our way okay so I have had... I bought this beer... Um, Do we want to get straight to beer? Or can I put you under the microscope? I, I mean, I guess we can do... You were trying to sneakily skip uh, over. I don't love this. But anyway, let's let's do the... It's time for... Can the closer close? Ooh. Now we need the intros for these things. We do need intros. Yeah. If, if anyone is good at these things, please get in touch. My idea was that we would just vocalize them. Like, can the closer close? Um, we'll do better maybe in the future but probably not i'm like desperately looking at the notes i've made for this so like come on now bruce brothers and sisters wait for the reaction when 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 i announce that that this fortnight's can the closer close has nothing to do with the history of belgian triples what what (laughs) 
So the the copious amounts of notes that he's got in front of him right now will help him squat. And I've done this out of the criticism in previous weeks. So you brought this on your on yourself. And the whole point is to test my knowledge of this particular beer style. This this week, Ken the Closer Close has a sub name, <laughs> and I like to call it. It's just maths. <laughs> just maths questions. No, no, it's related. It's called Trippel or Pickle. <laughs> Or in the English version, as uh, Chime calls it, triple or pickle. <laughs> so I have got 10 um, products that I'm going to read out <laughs> one by one. And you have a simple choice to make. Is it a triple or is it a pickle? <laughs> okay. Do you understand the rules? Vaguely, uh, but yes. <laughs> All right. So number one. Sucker punch. Is that a triple or a pickle? <laughs> so I assume um, when we're talking styles of triple, we're talking like there could be like modern things, like different breweries, yes, like have yes, called it a sucker yes. punch. So as, as, as the um, just quick background, I, I had to deliberately not choose things like West Marley and <laughs> Um So this is any brewery worldwide that's ever produced a triple. Yes. Um, but in fairness to you, if you've done any research, the website I got this off was the top 35 triples of all time. Okay. So they, they, they are, to our brewing community, maybe more well-known than I Okay, so the first one is Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. So it's either the name of a triple. Yes. Uh, so and to, to, Or a variety of pickle. Is that or the... a name of a pickle. So it's like, Product names. Jeez, I'm surprised the pickles have that many product names. But, uh, okay, I'm going to say that's a triple. It's a pickle. <laughs> it's an original spicy garlic pickle. Okay. All right, number two. That's zero from one so far. Number two, Fallen Fryer. I mean, it's got a like a monk name to it, so I'm going to say triple. It's a triple. Hey! By Bridgeport Brewing in Portland in the cool. USA. I've been there. Fallen Fryer. Number so it's one from one from two. Number three, Devil's Backbone. Pickle. It's a triple. <laughs> By Real Ale Brewing out of Texas, USA. Okay. Quite okay. a big triple community in the USA. Um, yeah, the majority of triple beers are brewed in the USA. Anyway, go on. One from three so far. Number four, Sweet Petite. Pickle? It's a pickle. <laughs> what? Like, why are pickles being named things? I don't really understand. You know, like a product name. Like, like everything has a... So a brand. So in this case, Mount Olive makes the Sweet Petite Salad Pickle. Okay. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. I guess so. Yeah. Um, I'm just guessing. Like, I'm just literally... I think we're two from two stage. here. Uh, golden Monkey. Pickle. It's a triple. Oh, okay. The thing, I thought you'd get this one because I too went to Beer Cartel to do some research and yes. this was in the high up in the list of triples yeah, that okay. they sell. Glad it wasn't available when I bought it. Golden Monkey from Victoria... Oh, sorry, Victory Brewing out of Pennsylvania. Okay. The Old Smoky. <laughs> That's a pickle. It's a pickle. Hey. Moonshine pickles. Number seven, Abbey Garden. Uh, that's a triple. It's a pickle. What? It's got the Abbey and everything. I know. I did my research. <laughs> you are good at this. Green Table Dill Pickles by Abbey Garden. Okay. I uh, like that you're adding in like where they're from. That's that's it. That makes it more interesting. Uh, number eight, the Triple Threat. <laughs> I feel like this might... I guess a pickle. It's a triple. Ah, I thought 
thought it was a trick it question. It had it in the name. It's the only Australian triple that enters the list. It's by the Australian Brewing Company out of New South Wales. I don't even know who that is. Uh, nor did I, but it's anyway. It's Australian Brewing Company. They've called them, so it's not very imaginative in their name, but I'm sure they brew good beer. I thought it was a trick question. Knowing you, I'm like, this is a trick question. Two to go. Number nine. Yeehaw! Pickle? It's a pickle. Yeah. Okay. They sell no frills, dills, pickles. Okay. And the final one, Cabin Fever. Pickle? It's a triple. Why do I guess everything is a pickle? <laughs> so everything sounds like a pickle. Cabin Fever is a cognac barrel aged triple out of, and I've had these guys before, Mornington Brewery in Victoria. Oh, good one. I just bought a carton of parallels from them. I think you got four out of ten. Yeah, that was really bad. Very poor, can the closer close. Thoughts on triple or pickle? I hated it. <laughs> but at least it, like, people can be okay with the fact that I don't know that rather than it's like, well, like, he knew all these things, but clearly he just researched and he didn't know the answers. The thing that I like most about it is that you've done more research for this episode than any previous episode. <laughs> and it was all redundant for can the closer close. <laughs> I just feel like you're going to add something. We'll here. never have sound effects again because we'll probably never be drinking 10% beer again. Uh, so. Okay, cool. All right, so let's talk about the final beer. So um, the, the final beer, um, I actually purchased this prior to Christmas. So I, bought, I purchased this prior to December. So this was well before we'd even started this podcast. This is for, for, for those, obviously, these podcasts are recorded very short, shortly before they're released. So really, we're talking about eight months ago. Okay, well, it wasn't really eight months ago. But in any event, I, I, so leading up to Christmas, I usually get an advent calendar, which is like a, a beer. Every day you get a beer. If, if, if Bruce Brothers and Sisters, if you haven't done it before, before, it's a lot of fun. My only warning is that it encourages a, a lot of alcoholism. Yeah, the, the alcoholism was kind of getting to me after a few years. I mean, I, for those of us who don't normally drink a beer on a Tuesday night, you, <laughs> you end up drinking more than one because the first is so delicious, you just can't help yourself. That is the issue with beer. It does lead to more. In any event, um, after a year of COVID, I kind of said to myself, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around to a few breweries and I'm going to buy beer direct from them. Um, and if you want to support breweries, I encourage you to go do so. But anyway, I... Buy local, buy independent if possible. But of course, we've learned in previous episodes, not critical. <laughs> um, so anyway, I decided to buy a beer. Um, I bought it before December and leading into this episode, I'm like, well, this beer will be perfect for okay. this. So I'm going to... Without further ado, it's yeah. coming out of the Hessian bag. It's coming out of the Hessian bag. It's still in the tea towel. You've noted the height, the, the weight it's of it. It's a big boy. It is a big boy. It is uh, 750. <laughs> Uh, I thought this would be a fun thing. 8.3%. So this is this a, beer has five standard drinks in it, people. <laughs> this is a thick brewing triple. This is the series uh, Brucellus. Um, 8.3%, 750 mils. Um, this brewery is a small brewery in Northgate in Brisbane. Um, it's Belgian inspired, so it produces a lot of Belgian beers. It's an interesting brewery. It's only really just opened up. So, uh, so brewery name again? Thick. Thick. F oh, F F I C K so thick brewing, um, owned by a husband and wife team. Um, Have they got a brew pub? Yes, yeah, so thick brewing is a brew pub. So you can go there. You can go there, and, yeah. and they live there. The husband and wife team. Hey. They live above the bar. It's a very very small bar. So intimate. Some you got it. You got to get behind. You got to support it. Husband and wife team. Um, they formerly lived in Luxembourg. Um, they he like brewed beer in Belgium. 
Um, they opened at the end of 2019. Okay. Um, which is obviously the most terrible time to open a brewery because they almost immediately had to shut down for COVID. Um, so that was kind of a big... Sorry, and where did you say they were? So they're in Northgate on, Northgate. The, on the north side of Brisbane. Again, where I love a good north, north side brewery. Um, Have you been... Yes, I've been there. It's it's a great brewery. It's definitely worth checking out, and it's like super cool. We we, we touched on this in a previous episode, but um, we're going to have to do the brewery tour of the north side. Yeah, we we got to we got to check out a few. Places. We'll recruit someone who can drive because it's, a, it's <laughs> some, some distances up this way. I, again, you know, any sponsors that do a, uh, a brewery tours, we're open to that. Um, okay, so they used to live in Luxembourg. There was a decommissioned brewery that lived like that was on their street that lived on their street, um, and vandals had changed the sign to read Fick rather than the name of and the they original kept brewery it. and they called their brewery after this so what unimaginative vandals I mean I don't know what they were work what was their previous name do we know oh, I don't know but may, maybe that means something in the, the language of Luxembourg which is definitely but I more just mean like alright they had a, they had a series of letters available to them and the best they could do they went with Fick Fick yeah. Come on, you can do better than that. In any event, this brewery is one that if you live in Brisbane, I really want you to go and support um, because they really have just had a really shitty run. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it, if what's better in terms of living the this this local craft you know beer life than someone who brews beer at their house effectively and invites you over to drink it? I also love the idea that they didn't just come out and go, we make hazy IPAs, which hazy IPAs we love, we're going to cover them. Um, but they're like, let's try some something unique um, that most people aren't really interested in. So this is in. a Tawley, um, as in a 750ml. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming this isn't... Do they have a core range? This Or is this... Are they, are they just kind of doing like small batch, just specialty brews? Uh, I don't know. Because <laughs> if, if they are brewing core range Tawley's Belgian triples... No, so... so hats off to you. Well, a lot of their core range is Belgian beer. So they've got yeah, like... right. Like Dubels and things like that. So... Uh, I'm going to crack it. I'm Let's excited. I'll I've, be quiet. I've held on to this for months because I'm like, well, I want a friend to come around and drink it with me and here you are. So good times. Oh, i got to get a bottle, better bottle opener. That was okay. As a, as a suggestion, two suggestions, and our, and our audience will, will agree with me on this one. First of all, a better bottle opener. Second of all... Perhaps not the full about three thousand keys you've got on your keyring that you loudly put down on the on the, on the table. That it really affects the audio medium with which we're. Working. I do. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but um, we've progressed from one quarter beer to three quarter head to. I think we're about an eighth beer to seven eighths head. I think to say that this beer is carbonated is a bit of an understatement. It is very carbonated. Are you even? You, I mean, everyone knows the side pour, but this. I feel like we're doing something wrong here. No, it's just incredibly carbonated. Um, but that's good. That, that's fine. That's, it's can, a good start. We can. I mean, we're going to have to wait it out a little bit. So um, I hope you're ready for more Belgium triple chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a number of historical comments to make about this. Um, first thing I notice is it is it is far clearer than much the much clearer. It's it, it no really. Uh, there is sediment, but it, it's not it's not at all cloudy. Yeah. Um, and it's also lighter. To be fair, this has been sitting in my fridge for four months. It's probably like not necessarily quite mixed in very well. Or... You should have done the Cooper's Roll. Oh, yeah. It's essentially, that's what I'm trying to do now. There we go. Your, your beer's starting to look a little bit more drinkable. Mine's definitely a lot ahead. Um, um, so, liner, why would that be? Um, well, 
they have brewed it lighter. That's how that worked. Uh, I actually think largely it's because of the bottle conditioning and that I haven't necessarily, like I've just brewed, poured from the top. Um, yeah, very, very heady. <laughs> you have so much head in that glass that I'm not sure you could drink it and get liquid out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get there eventually. I'm just going to have to eat about six liters of head first. But anyway, you, you've managed to have a sip. You've managed to have a taste. What do you think? Um, it's less aromatic, but, I, but I, that's... I'm not sure if that's just a symptom of the fact that I'm getting sort of more acclimatized to the beers. Yes. The others had a distinctly European taste and smell. Okay. This one less so. Do you I'm think not, you're just, not as good. You're working through what is a like a, a like lot a of plate head. of head. <laughs> maybe, maybe in my sip I actually consume no liquid. Mm. I'm just like chewing through head at the moment, which is I like. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Very nearly spat. Um. um not to the criticism of Fick, this is more of a, a pouring issue yes. and maybe the way I've gone about it. I had a proper sip. It's delicious. Yeah. It's delicious. It, it, it Similarly, um, I'd probably go clo- closer in mouthfeel to the first one. Yes. It's got a heavy heaviness to it. Yes. This one was, wasn't up in the tens, was it? It was about 8%, you said? Yes. Uh, 8.3. 8.3. So it's pretty much the same alcohol as the Chimay, but... Um, it, it's not got that lightness that the chi- or the um, thinness that the Chimay had. I do I do wonder is like a smaller brewery whether like they aimed for eight point three, whether they just brewed it and went okay that came out at eight point three. Let's put that on the label and send it out because they really hand label them. Um, this is very artesian. Yeah right. Um, is there a chance as a small brewery that they aim for eight point three and we're actually pumping twelves? Or is that borderline illegal? Well, I mean, it's a, it's illegal, but I mean, who's gonna who's gonna stop them, right? Um, but I mean, I mean there's I'm, probably I'm, some regulator, but we won't tell. Yeah, but I mean, like, nor will that, you, honest listeners of of Bruce. But that would involve them going in testing the beer. It's probably not going to happen. Um, but in any event, I'm, sh- I'm sure Fick is very. Do you think honest. modern day liquor licensing regulators um, test their beers in the same way as the tax person of the 18th century? Yeah, just go in there, just have six, see how they feel, and, yeah. <laughs> and they make a decision. Um, I'm definitely getting a lot more. Um, a lot more yeast flavor. I think that I think that's the distinction between the Chimay and the um, West Marley. It's like I'm getting more yeast flavor from this. I really know very little about what's in it. I couldn't find anything, and maybe uh, the owner of Fick wants to write in and give us some information. There is a nice little spill on the bottom of this, which I think you might appreciate. Love a spill. Um, Interestingly, just as a, a you know helpful suggestion, the 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 spiel is written in one single line across the entire label. It's it's, it's interesting that you call it a tally, whereas to me that's a wine bottle. It is a wine bottle. Yes. Yeah. I, I suppose I'm. It's it's more of the beer roots in me, but yeah, it's a wine bottle. It's it's a. Yeah. It looks. This is kind of this like new age, at least for Australia. It's probably very common in in uh, in parts of Western Europe, but the, this is like super fancy beer. Yeah, well, so, um, like, particularly in Belgium, there's a real crossover with wine because it's, like, the French influence and whatnot, and it's, like, it's really kind of takes more of a wine approach to beer. It's not it's not seen as a distinct beverage. Um, but, yeah, read, read the... Um, I'll read it because I've read about three sort of key words. I haven't actually managed to read the whole sentence yet, and it, it it's, it's going to be good, guys. Uh, so... Oh, big call. <laughs> well, it, just, it looks fun. The Fick Triple... Cires uh, Bruxelles? Bruxelles? No, it's definitely not Bruxelles. Bruxelles, I think. There's an X in there, people. That's confusing us. Um, It it says, This series pays homage to uni days. 
in Brussels, where it turns out getting unofficially schooled in Belgian beers was the real learning experience from the bars à Bruxelles. What I like about this is the uh, the owner or owners of. I assume that means Brussels. You think it means Brussels in Belgium? Yeah, potentially. I mean, that makes sense because it's just like in Bruxelles. Well, maybe it means Bruges, which is also a place in Belgium. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that wonderful film with... uh, Colin Colin Farrell. Um, Jeez, we have really (laughs) gone off track. Apparently, these 10% beers have made a bit of effect on the outcome of this. What I like most about the marketing spiel, just before we move on, is that essentially what he or she, or they are both saying, which I like, it kind of parallels in some ways to my own uni experiences, is that... Really, all he or she got from it was a fine appreciation for Belgian beer. Yeah, which is... If that's not everyone's lived uni experience, I don't know what you were doing during uni. What, like, what were you even doing? Um, Okay, what do you think of it? Uh, it, I know know why you say it to last, because it is tasty, it's big, it's special, it's Australian, it's not in the OG batch. The, The... the um, where it's going to suffer is that I have had two 10% beers already. Yes. Um, but I, I look, it, I'm going to have to put it up in that same category as the other two. It's certainly no worse. Yes. Um, and the fact that it's local, I like its, its, its approach. I, I think small batch, small batch, um, uh, you know, fairly true to style. I'm going to say 8.5. <sighs> That's a big one. So what? what I'm going to say the same as the Chimay, which is re- and I and I'm taking a more conscious effort in this episode and all future ones to rate two style. So so I wouldn't put Chimay the- for you was seven point five. Um, oh sorry, you yes. did an sorry, eight for sorry, this. So this sorry. would be the highest rated beer. For no no no. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to say eight. Okay, so you would you would rate it as good as the yes. original the 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 number one style yes. of beer in this world. Yeah. Well, so says others, yes. But I think two style. Yes. From what I understand of it, this is really, really tasty. It's 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 got what I want in it. Um, it it doesn't have that thinness that I think the Chimay had. Yes. Um, even though it is similar in alcohol volume or content. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's tasty. What about you? I give it a ten. Fig is awesome. <laughs> ten. <laughs> ten. Um, it's our first ever oh ten. No. Oh no! <laughs> I've spilled it everywhere, guys. <laughs> uh, this is descended into just—it's not getting—it's not good. There's beer everywhere. Um, okay, like to be honest, the ten's probably a little too. Uh, ge- oh god, there's beer going everywhere. Um, ten's probably a little too generous, um, but you know, it's a local brewery. It's small batch. They're trying thing, and it tastes amazing. Do you so. know what I'm hearing here? Because normally I'm the one that's persuaded by the story, the the marketing, the label. And I, you know, probably have been today as well. But this is the first time through uh, four, threes, 12, through 13 beers that we've rated that you have legitimately... <laughs> there's beer on the laptop, people. There is... We're going to... Sorry about the... Uh, um, it's the first time that I have really heard you be so influenced by the marketing. Um, what, do you, what do you say about that? <laughs> I mean, I just, I love it. I, I, I think it's great. I, like, love the story. I love the idea of, like, people being out there trying to make interesting and unique beers. It's so tempting when you start a brewery to just make a bunch of New England IPAs. 
Not to say that there are uh, breweries out there that don't do that really well, but it's good to see somebody trying something a little bit different. And, and I mean, I suppose, especially in this case, doing something to their roots. Because yes. like if, if you came out and brewed exclusively Belgian beers without really any kind of interesting backstory behind that, it'd be a bit strange. I mean, not really. I'm sure I'd nail it, but... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, a 10... I'm not going to give it a 10. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a 9. I feel like it is as good as... Sorry, Fick. You were momentarily <laughs> our first ever perfect score. <laughs> but it was a joke. Um, but like, it's, it's a great beer, and I highly encourage people to try Fick Brewing. I feel like it's pretty good. It's, it's encouraged me. I mean, you're opening my world almost by the day to the north side of Brisbane's beer culture. Yes. Um, of which there is one people, if you didn't know. <laughs> there are people that live up here and we have culture. <laughs> well, easy on the culture, but they drink beer. Uh, and Fick in particular do a delicious one. Um, do all their beers come in wine bottles? Uh, no, they do have um, just like normal... Uh, they do bottle, which is kind of unique. Everyone's moved to cans, but... Um, yeah, they do have normal size bottles. Just before we close, because I know we're, we're about to wrap up, but is there something in the Tripel that works better in a glass? So all three beers today were in bottles, not cans. Is, there, is that just a historical thing? I think it's a historical thing. It's so, not, not particularly for the style. No, so like it's it's really the craft beer movement that has moved to cans. Because cans were, were, well, obviously didn't exist in the OG days, but... When they first came out, cans were considered cheap, right? They were considered shitty beer. And yeah. Now, and now some of the most expensive beer you can buy is in a can. Yeah, so so cans um, are a better method of, one, shipping beer, two, keeping light out of beer, keeping oxygen out of beer. Um, it's just traditionally the, the, the first people that really used cans were the major Pilsner operators, so Budweiser, um, whatever, whatever the major sort of for you know in australia for xvb um so people really thought about cancer synonymous with cheap and terrible beer um and so it kind of suffered from a bit of a a negative outcome right um a, a negative opinion from people but um overall i think people are starting to realize how good cans are it wouldn't surprise me if they started to put beer in cans it just seems like kind of a little bit strange that belgian beer in cans i don't know why like the historical nature suggests that it should be in bottles so Maybe they'll stick with it. Fair enough. Um, okay. All right. So the final um, part of this podcast is Cratchy's Conclusions. Are we uh, ready for it? Are you ready for this? I set a very high bar last time. You, you after, like, after some average goes initially, I feel like I really hit my strides. The, and, I, and I'm feeling a little bit of pressure as a result. The first two episodes were horrible. Well, they, they, they were, were just funny. They were trash. Um, <laughs> they they were quite poor. Uh, but the last one, geez, you really, you dialed it up. I was kind of impressed. Um, for anyone who hasn't listened before, this is the opportunity I give Crouchy to summarize within 30 seconds what he has learned about our beer style today. Um, I'm going to kick this off. Are you, you ready to start? I'm just furiously scribbling a couple of last notes. I have tried to take more rigorous notes now because I'm judged so heavily by my dear friend Closer. <laughs> okay. um, but let's do it. 30 seconds. Tell All me right. when to start. All right. So you have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. All right, Belgian triples, pepper and spice, and all things nice. <laughs> Heavy on the alcohol, delicious to the taste, buds. Uh, the uh, so quickly, let's do some history. Um, they there was an entrepreneur king who made every monk brew beer because he wanted them to be self-sufficient. 
um, Belgium's been fucked up in lots of wars, and, and triples have not not uh, escaped. Five seconds. Well, come on, give me, give me, don't uh, let me go a little longer here because I got some good stuff coming up. Uh, Napoleon really screwed with them uh, in World War One. They lost all their kettles, melted down for for for, for guns. Um, triple means triple the grain, which I thought was interesting. Also, triple, it's a thriller. Michael Jackson said so. Uh, the Trappist and the IP law thing was a thing that's a bit like champagne. Uh, they're served in bottles, not cans. Uh, there's, there's candy sugar, which is rocket fuel. They underyeast these things. They drown them till they're almost dead. They're a bloody delicious beer. Um, okay, so first of all, exceeded well beyond 30 seconds. There was a lot to say. <laughs> Second of all, just learning way too much here. I'm really concerned about how knowledgeable you are getting about beer. When do you think my triple knowledge will come in handy? Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's more, I think this is going to um, overflow into other parts of our beer stories and you won't be as ignorant as perhaps you were in previous episodes. What listeners will be pleased to hear is because initially my position was um, a little shaky in this team. You were the jester of the team, yes? Well, I mean, the one who brought the lols. <laughs> but I've since become an integral part and also am the holder of all passwords to the social media accounts. <laughs> he can't get rid of me. <laughs> um, that is true. We are in trouble here. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, I think that's been a really great episode. And um, yeah, I think we're... we still got half a wine bottle of beer to drink, <laughs> but we're going to leave it there. We're going to do that offline. But uh, thanks for listening in and we'll see you next time. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.